Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed formed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit on the go, or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes, and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic, and it saves so much time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly bit.ly slash vlog easy all in lowercase, V as in Victor, L-O-G-E-A-S-Y. Give it a try. Hi, y'all. We are back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And today, I am so excited to interview Annette Nape, who has been one of my very dear friends for many, 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 many years now. I like to say we're both like super experienced. And so Annette is the CEO and creative director of NAFE Productions. Hi, Annette. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm so excited to talk to you. I know. I'm super excited to be here. So although Annette is New York City based, they produce things really anywhere, anywhere that people need Annette and her team, they go, right? <laughs> yes, pretty much. As long as there's not a war going on. <laughs> right, go right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before we jump into like all the goods, mm. um, tell us a little bit about your background and because you've had some fascinating just opportunities and experiences. And while I know you very well, um, share with us just high level like background. How have you gotten to where you are today? Yeah. So I started, oh gosh, over 30 years now. I, it's time just flies, but I started over 30 years ago. Um, I worked, my first paying event job was, um, you know, like as a, an employee 
as event planner was um, for Sebastian, the hair product company. And we, um, so I worked there, I lived in Los Angeles. And then from there, I moved um, to uh, film and television. So I did, I worked at Sebastian for, for about five years. And then I worked film and television for about 15 years. And then I moved to New York because I thought I could make a lot more money in New York, which is really kind of the case here, although I spend a lot more money. But uh, Cost of living. <laughs> yeah, it's a little crazy here. But, um, but I just thought I'd have a lot more opportunities and it was kind of time for me to make the move. So I moved to, to um, New York 19 years ago and I still was working in, I was working for um, EMI Music and I did some legal work um, in between film and television episodic, you know, uh, uh, TV series and pilots and things like that. Um, when you're downtime in the film industry, you, I did, I did a lot of legal work, which I never thought that it would be so important once I run, run my business. Cause we know, you know, contracts and agreements and all of that stuff is just, we work so much with those. So it really helped me and, and really, um, taught me how to negotiate, which is a huge piece of what we do. So um, I had a corporate job up until nine years ago. The economy crashed. I had just graduated college. I went to school late in life and I was kind of bored and I just on a whim thought, uh, I'm going to start a business because I had nothing to do. And, so that's why you started a business? Yeah, I was bored. I was bored. So I thought, oh, this is crazy. So I just, because I knew how to start a business, so I did all the legal work and got a logo and got my business cards and created a little website that was hideous, but you know, it was a website. And, um, and then three months uh, into after starting my business, I started to get clients, but it was all marketing stuff. And I thought, I, I just, this is not what I want to do. I got to do events. But my card didn't say that. It said like business manager, I don't know, uh -huh. during, like some kind of business manager or something like, because I was a director of operations and I ran all the events for a commercial real estate company. It's the building that owns a 1500 Broadway, which is um, in Times Square and it's where Good Morning America is. So a lot of people know that that area but yeah. um, so I was you know working for this company but you know the economy crashed there was nothing going on in commercial real estate so um, and then they laid me off and I which was like great because now my business was up and running and they laid me off but I negotiated a year severance package which was awesome you yeah and then um, I ended up uh, just that was you know that I just kept going and before I know it I'm nine years in now with a pretty successful business. So I'm just so shocked and yeah, you just, it's crazy. It's amazing. So how did you actually like get into, I mean, besides like changing what your business card said, but like, yeah. what was your first experience? Like, okay, I know I want to do events. Like, how am I going to jump in? Like, what did you do? to yeah. like get into the events industry? What was yeah. your strategy and your attack of like, I'm going to do this? Right. So I researched a lot. Like I just started Googling everything to do with events and people in events and blogs on events and all of that stuff. And I mean, I know how to do events. I just didn't know how to run the business. So I was looking for a coach to help me and nobody was coaching anybody out there for event planning because people feel threatened, which I think is insane because unless you really walk in someone's shoes 24-7, they're not going to take your work. There's so much work out there for everybody. So yep. I was just in tears. So six months into running the business, I what I really did was I started, you know, I had money from working corporate. So I just started going to events. I, you know, was just going to every event I could think that was, had, that had a lot of people and I just started 
passing out my cards and saying that I was an event planner. So, so networking. I, networking, big time networking. I mean, that's how, you know, listen, my whole business is based on referrals you know, word of mouth referrals. I am getting some work off of my website now, which took nine years. I am um, ranked really high in nonprofits. So I am getting nonprofits from my website, which has just really started. So I don't know what changed, but I'm not changing anything. So let's just keep I know going. what changed. Well, you I know. I started to focus on the number one tool yeah. that people overlook these days because when you and I started, I don't think social media was really like this big thing. And so you saw an opportunity last year, which I love every year that you get a new coach Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm going to attack this beast and I'm going to ace it and I'm going to own it and I'm going to do it. And it's changed your business. So yeah, I did did have a coach um, early on who I worked with for a couple years um, and then I had a mentor for a couple years and then, um, and then, you know, I've, so I've had four coaches over the last nine years. Um, and it's super, I can't tell it's, I can't say enough how important it is to have a coach. I don't care how successful you are and how much money you have. And they're just, you know, you, they, you just have to, it helps get you out of your head and, you know, you can do it for other people, but it's really hard to do stuff for yourself. So, but marketing is a big piece of it. I started social media marketing when they weren't doing social media marketing. So, I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I have a really good knowledge of marketing, and so, um, and you are like a machine. So you take me to the next level with that, which I'm kicking and screaming with the videos, but I'm starting to enjoy them. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, marketing is you have to be on social media. I, I mean, I, I don't care. You have to be on every platform and post everywhere and consistently. So, and, but also having a strategy. So strategy is super important. Yeah. Like I love that you, uh, Annette's very blue in true colors. Like she truly cares. And she's like, I go on and I wish everyone a happy birthday. And I'm like, (laughs) that's sweet Annette. But like, really? (laughs) Like, is that really bringing you business? I mean, that's very blue and it's very thoughtful. And if they're current clients, great. But you've, there's only so much time in a day. So you've got to batch your time, which, Mm -hmm. what's your experience with that? Yeah. So you're helping me a lot with that. You know, listen, I had notifications on my computer for everything. We just shut everything down, which is really helpful. Um, I do batch. Obviously, if I'm going to go out for meetings and stuff outside of the office, I will batch as much as I can. If I'm going to a networking thing, I'll, and other people want to meet me, I'll batch in that same day. But um, yeah, it's, and I calendar every single thing. And now with Zoom, I really try to just Zoom everybody, Zoom conferencing where you can, you know, Zoom with everyone. If you are not using it, I highly recommend it. And so I do that. I mean, that's how we do our coaching calls. And, you know, I can work with a team all over the country and, and, and feel like I've have had a meeting with them and I don't have to get out of my pajamas. Which is awesome. Yeah, and put a lot of people that are um, 
experienced who have, you know, been in the game for 20 plus years, they're like, but don't I need to do it face to face? I mean, we, we track just, you know, like you said, and last year, almost half of our meetings ended up being through Zoom, which is yeah. very, when people are like, oh, you can't work in the emotional money spending industry over Zoom and over computer. I'm like, bullshit, because I've done it. <laughs> I, mean, I don't do any, honest to God, most times I don't meet the client on t- face to face until we are at the event, at the event and we're setting up and we're like, hi, and we hug there. Like yeah. I never, you know, we don't, even the, my initial phone calls with them are, I don't do zoom. They, we usually do, um, a call. And then once they hire us, then we get on zoom and we zoom all our meetings. That's amazing. Yeah. What would you say, um, you know, you, you have a lot of experience to share. So I know you started your own business and then you went into a franchise model and mm-hmm. did that for a couple of years and then came out of that. And so mm-hmm. I want to be sure that people who are considering franchise, the pros, the cons, like what exactly does that mean and how was it helpful for you as a business owner? Yeah. So like three years in, I met this amazing woman and we um, just out of whim, someone said, oh, you're going to be in Denver. You should meet, you know, I don't want to mention her name just in case, but it's all, it's all good. She's amazing. And I love her so much. And we had an amazing, I say amazing a lot, but it's true. um, Working relationship, which is super important. We had the same values, um, we conducted our businesses the same way and I had a team, you know, it, we, it's lonely when you're just starting and I didn't really know how to run the business. So she was mentoring me. Um, I bought into the, the franchise cause she had a, she had a lot of great corporate clients on her, her list of clients, which I didn't have. I had them in the corporate arena, but I didn't have them as my own business. Right. So I saw that as an advantage to, you know, I was able to say, okay, these are the companies we worked with because I was under her um, umbrella and I owned the New York office and she owned the Colorado Springs office. So we, um, even though it was under her brand, we still owned our separate offices. Our, um, yeah. And so um, the, the collaboration together, the team that she had on board, everything, I was able to just jump right in and, and, and work with the team, which I have and still to this day all of them are still working with me that are on the team because um, they're just amazing. So, um, but about, you know, the first couple years, she was, it was super helpful. She was so helpful for me and asking lots of questions. But then after, you know, four years go by, then I'm pretty much, I kind of got the, I've got it down. And so it was time to, you know, move on and, and, and go off onto my own. And I just, it, nothing changed in the company except for my, the name of my company and the branding and all that. But, but it really gave you a platform yes, and it was a great. team and yep. a leg up. Um, you know, I've, I've been certain about a lot of people who've been part of franchises and some are good, some are bad, some are not so good. But what I would say, if you're looking into that, you know, you really have to think short term mm-hmm. and it's like, even if it, I, I mean, I would say you really have to dig into something for a good 24 months at least yeah. to see like if, if they're going to give value, you have to get value. If you're going to give value, you have to get value. So it's just like right. going to a networking meeting. Like, why the hell am I going? It shouldn't be for the food and the drink. It should be mm-hmm. to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Be very, very intentional. And so I feel like some franchisees, they go in and they buy into it. 
it's not, I mean, event planning as a whole, no matter what type of an event it is, you're creating an experience. It is about relationships. I don't care what people say. I have lived yep. it. We both have lived it. We both have yep. lived it. It is about relationships right. and consistency. Completely. And so I love that you did that. And then you finished out the agreement and you learned pros and you learned cons. Yeah. Um, let me just touch on that for a second. Yeah. So obviously the team and, and all the knowledge of running the business, the important thing to, rem to think about is, um, you know, so our agreement was she was not going to give me, you know, she didn't give me clients. She didn't provide clients for me. However, if there was someone that came in and off of the website that was based in the New York area, that was kind of our mutual agreement. And it was always, you know, same with Colorado, or we would hire each other and we would work together on it. So the agreement was not to give me work. I had to do that on my own. And I was able, I was able to run my business any way I wanted as long as I stayed within the branding guidelines and ethical guidelines of the company. Um, so, you know, you just have to, you have to think about what is it that you want going in. Um, I needed the help running the business and um, it was fun. It was so much fun. And I met so many great people and if you've got a good partnership, that's important, but sometimes they don't work out so great, but just make sure that your exit clause in the agreement is important. Now, we didn't do a franchise, so to speak. We did a license agreement because a franchise to do the agreement that way is super expensive. It's like a, like $100,000 or something crazy. So a crazy. license agreement is the same thing. Um, and being in New York, everything is really expensive and the, the laws are crazy here. So, And they're totally different than Colorado. So you have to remember that. That's something to remember. So just stuff like that. Yeah. So if you are, for example, I mean, we, we monetize our timelines and our contracts and our service agreements. Um, I share it with a lot of people that I coach and in big, bold red letters, it says like this works in Tennessee. Yep. Our agreement is written for do, doing business in Tennessee, it covers us as we go all over the world, but that's where the home base business is. So really making sure that you're advising for like taxes and um, I mean mm. insurance and alcohol laws and anything like that. Workers yeah, workers comp, like, mm -hmm. like Annette and I were talking about internships one day and like mm -hmm. the laws in Tennessee. I mean, there are some colleges that we work with that I sign an agreement that say I will not monetarily pay any intern, that it is a pure educational thing, which I mean, some of these events we do, I mean, people are working for like 20 hours. They're not peeing, they're not eating. It is hard flipping work. And so mm -hmm. instead of monetarily, you know, giving them money, which some people would much rather have as a college student, you know, we'll send them to the spa or like do something nice mm -hmm. to like thank them. And I mean, they're just not sitting around watching. Like they got to roll their sleeves up, get on their knees and get dirty too, just like we are because mm -hmm. you got to work in it to understand sometimes. So were there ever any like back and forth, like, oh gosh, I wish I would have consulted somebody in New York because this was different. Like, I know I've had situations come up like that with clients in another country, things like that. But were there any takeaways from where you're like, yeah, I just, you, you didn't know what you didn't know? Well, yeah, I mean, I have a pretty horrible story with workers comp, which um, opportunity. Yeah. Well, so today's podcast is brought to you by Zola. 
The wedding company that will do anything for love is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. Zola combines compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. Zola is the easiest way to conveniently manage everything online in one place. It saves so much time. You can get started just by simply setting up a free website. There's over 100 beautiful designs to choose from, and we actually use Zola for our own clients' weddings that we plan. It is so easy to use and personalize. My favorite thing about the website is putting the Zola registry on the actual website. It makes it so easy for your guests. The Zola Zola Store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points. There's free shipping and returns, price matching, and so much more. You can choose from over 500 top brands, from Sonos to Airbnb. You can create a fund for your honeymoon, your future home, plus register for gift cards like for Delta, Southwest, Hulu, Home Depot, just to name a few. To start your free wedding website today, and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com slash Angela Profit. So that is Z-O-L-A dot com slash Angela Profit, P-R-O-F-F-I-T-T. The New York laws are insane and super strict and you have to follow them. So, you know, I coach planners on how to start an event planning business. And one of those things we talk about, and I get them from all over the country, is, you know, we really look into the laws of that state that they're working in. So um, you have to check that. But I had a workers' comp case that... um, it, I didn't have, con- I had all contractors. I've always had contractors. I don't have employees. I use all contractors because it's super expensive, you know, when you're, especially when you're a small business. But um, so I opened up ADP payroll and thinking, okay, they're going to manage all of my contractors. So they sent the information to um, the state and the state said, oh, well, you have a business. So we want to look at your business. And so I started receiving uh, notices from them that um, I needed to have workers comp. And these these notices were like 20 pages long, completely, I had no idea. I mean, I, I know how I to read contract. <laughs> it was like, I can't. So I asked my CPA at the time, who was Colorado-based, I asked him, listen, I just got this. What do I do with it? And he said, just ignore it. Well, you don't Aww. ignore anything from workers comp or the IRS. And workers comp, I feel like, is way worse. So... So I kept getting them for six months and I kept ignoring them and kept ignoring them. And the next thing I know, I got a $64,500 invoice from workers comp. Oh my God. And I thought, oh dear Lord, I need a lawyer. So, so I, I, I was really freaking out because 64, like, you know, listen, you're a small business. What are you going to do? So, um, I ended up, uh, uh, find you know interviewing lawyers and um, because each one of them told me it's going to be ten to thirty thousand dollars for them for me to work with them and I said you know Holy no moly. so you and I both know it's going to be thirty thousand dollars because you know they're going to charge you as much as they can so so I um, uh, picked one that said it was going to be five to seven thousand I said okay I can handle that yeah. so 
it took four years for workers comp. He, they did a letter and they explained to them that it was one girl they were looking at to say, well, she's not an employee or that she is an employee. She's not a contractor because she didn't have a website. And so there's all these stipulations for these people that work for you that have to ha- that you have to meet. And one of them is she didn't really have an incorporated business. Um, and, but lots of people don't, but they, they were sticky because the law is in New York is for every day you don't have workers comp, it's a $2,000 fine, which doesn't relate to any other city in, you know, state in the U S but New York is crazy, is crazy. So um, they were coming with me for 64.5 and had I just, had I just gone to them and gone back and um, said, sorry, I'll pay $500 for workers comp because that's what it is. Um, I didn't know. They would have probably just fined me a couple thousand bucks and called it a day, but I didn't, I ignored it. And so at the end of the day, four years later, and we just settled it um, like five months ago for 10%. So it was like 6,500 bucks that I have to pay them. So, um, and then I ended up paying my lawyer 12,000. And so altogether it cost me about $20,000 for this not knowing what the state laws are for your company. And I only ended up paying that employee $5,000. That was her fee that she oh made for the year. So it was a very expensive um, lesson, but you know, we all learn lessons for reasons and, and I teach this in my coaching. So you have to be really careful when you're um, dealing, especially with, you know, we, I can't hire anybody as a, as a volunteer um, because it has to be, and it's pretty kind of across the country, but um, unless it's a nonprofit, so you have to pay volunteers and you have to pay them, even if they're getting student credit, it's the law that you have to pay them the minimum wage of whatever city they're working in. So a lot of people don't know that. So it's something to remember. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, every time something crazy happens and I just want to sit down the floor and cry. I know. Um, Believe me, there were tears on this one. <laughs> and I don't do that often when it comes to business, but on that one, yeah, I, I mean, just, I didn't know about how, I didn't know how I was going to keep going. And yeah. you know, the thing about that is you just have to keep going when things yeah. are down and my business has been a roller coaster, roller coaster, just like everybody. You just have to keep going. You just yeah. have to keep going and be consistent. I have to keep saying to myself, like everything happens for a reason. Yeah, And I, I don't know what that reason is right now, but mm-hmm. I always know that I feel like God doesn't give me something that I can't handle or I can't learn from it. Right. And I'm like, somehow this is going to help other people. So I just have yeah. to get through it and get over it. And sometimes you just have to cry and it makes you feel better. <laughs> well, that, that's why I love coaching planners because I want to help them. I don't want them to make costly mistakes. And that's the biggest thing is I really, <laughs> I don't want them to make costly mistakes and it doesn't cost a ton of money to start the business. I mean, you have to have some money, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. And so that's the stuff I try to teach and just to be aware. And then of course I have a hotline to my, my lawyers and my, yeah. my, my employment attorneys and my business lawyer who is a New York based lawyer. Um, yeah. because you really need to get a lawyer that knows the laws of your state. That's, that's such a good tip. It's such a good tip. So what would you, like, I know that you do all different types of events and, right. You know, I, I feel like you really excel and specialize, though, mm-hmm. in one 
of the hot points that is literally a trillion dollar industry these days. Um, so talk a little bit about your niche. And again, while you do nonprofit, you do weddings, you do all types of events, like not, and I don't even know if this is like your favorite thing to do, but I feel like because you are a coach and you do the mentor mentee thing, you understand and you're very passionate about it. And like you work for the client and you want to get them the best quality and the best, you're making sure that no one's screwing them. So talk yeah. a little bit about that niche and what it's called and how you've built that book of business. Yeah. So I, we do corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings. And underneath that is, you know, galas, retreats, trade shows, offsites, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. My social and my wedding come from my corporate clients. So their daughter's getting married or their son's bar mitzvah. So they want us to help them with that. Um, but one of the niches underneath that is um, I do uh, events for coaches. So these are live um, coaching events where the coach is, and it's an education platform. So if they're coaching um, uh, social media, they, you know, they're experts in social media or sales or finance, whatever that is, um, then they will host a one to three day event, sometimes four or five, it just depends. And they'll host an event where they sell their coaching packages. So they could, it's, it's a, a program where the attendees can uh, um, attend their, uh, buy into their programs, which could be a three month program, six month, one year. And so that's what the event is about. So you give lots of content, content, content. And then like, if it's a three day event on the second day event on the second day of the event, they um, offer their coaching program. And then, you know, you, you people, so it is a specialized niche. I fell into it by accident because I just was going to all of these events where there were a lot of coaches and then they were wanting to hire me. Um, and so it's, you know, over the last nine years, I've built a pretty good client base with that. And, um, and it is a little specialized. And so, you know, we do so much coaching around that, like just the, the strategy around those events and, um, and, and setting those events up so that there is, uh, we're creating a buying atmosphere. And, and I, we don't like, you know, my clients aren't like sell, 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 but, you know, it's, they have so many great things to offer. So, um, you know, they, they it's, a, it's a, I love doing them. It's just crazy, but it's tough. And we don't generally work with um, coaches that are just starting just because they don't have any money. Um, although I'm maybe coming up with a, something Angela and I were spoken, talking about earlier, recently was I'm coming up with an event for coaches. So I'm, I'll be announcing that at some point. But um, for people who can't, coaches who can't afford to do a $50,000 three-day event, we're coming up with a package that I think is going to be really, really cool and, and offer some great, um, great stuff for people. So, And how did um, you come up with that? Like it's just – which come up with box, like the idea to do this coaching event. Well, I was actually sitting with a friend of mine who's a genius, like this guy's a genius. And we were just brainstorming some ideas and he was talking about his events and how could he help me um, refer clients to me. And so I was telling him about, you know, what we do and how we do it. And he said, you know, you should be doing this. Like we, maybe you should come up with something like this. So we sat at a lunch and strategized this whole idea out and um, so he's a big part of what came up with this. So just, you know, it's, again, here I was networking with someone, had no idea that this was going to come up. I was just trying to meet someone new. And, and, and then we came up with this amazing 
platform that we think is going to be kind of cool, which I think you thought so too. So we'll see what happens. I got to, we got to map it all out, but. Oh, it's so exciting. So exciting. <laughs> You're so cute. I mean, what can you say is like the number one thing that any of your clients, but specifically your coaching clients, the way that you really break it down and the way that you pre-qualify, like you said, it's not to be mean or rude or anything, but it's just like, hey, if you're brand new at this, like we can't help you. Like it takes money to make money. A lot of the very first time that coaches do an event, they're sweating bullets because all they're thinking is like, holy shit, I have 50 grand wrapped up in this. I have to sell mm-hmm. tickets. It's very, it can be it's, Oh, yeah. It's super stressful. Yeah. And so something that you do and what you bring to the table, it's not just getting the venue, getting the setup, um, something that you help them with and strategize with in terms of ticket sales, sponsorships. Um, talk a little bit about that. If, if, if I'm a coach and I need to know how to budget for these things and what, like, what are the top five needs of things that I need to think about? Yeah, well, the I mean, obviously, you know, I can put. It's really going to depend on how many days. So I have clients who will do one day events, you know, like maybe half day events, and then they do a one day event, and then they lead up into their. You know, I had a client once who she we were doing multiple one day events a year, and then eventually she did her three day event. But explain Uh, what the difference is, because typically, in my experience, one day is like you are it. But a three-day event brings value by how? Well, you know, you can give a lot more content about your expertise, whatever that is as a coach. Um, And some people have the stage themselves or they bring in um, uh, other speakers. It really depends. There's no set rule on that, but it depends on um, what your preference is. I'm doing a three-day in um, Tampa in November, and she's wants to, it's her stage. So she's got she's got a specific thing that she teaches that is not going to be um, that no one else is going to be teaching. So it's it's going to be her stage, um, and so uh, it really depends on the clients. But you you know the there's a huge strategy around it. And then we, we are super honest about it. So we're not, I'm not going to get on the phone and say, Oh, well, I don't know. You could maybe spend 20 grand or, you know, the reality is the reality. And of course, every in New York, it's going to be more expensive than it is going to be in Orlando. You know, it's, there's, it's going to depend on the locations. So there is a, there's lots and lots of questions that we ask them. And just through the questioning, we will, we can determine if they're ready. Um, We, you know, we just ask so many questions about their business and their team. And, um, you know, if they don't have a team, we don't work with them because it's, they have to have a team. Like we can't, we can't provide the team for the internal of their business. Cause there's a lot of things that we don't, not only do we, um, help them with the planning of the event, but there's the strategy around it. So it is the marketing, it is the um, messaging, the branding, the the website, the registration platforms, the speakers, the sponsors. You know, because I do a lot of events for speakers, I have a, a good database of speakers I can reach out to if they need that from us. So, um, I mean, there's so many things. I I don't know if I answered all of your questions, but yeah, no, I just I feel like. 
you know, you have experience in doing this. And so I don't feel like, because I was in a wedding bubble for so long until I started to get out and go to, it's funny because I actually, I don't go to any wedding conferences unless I'm going to teach or speak or run a workshop. And I mean, I used to, but again, it's like, what value am I getting? And so going to more entrepreneurial type things where I would learn all this stuff and then I would test it myself and test it with my own brand, bring it back into the industry. And then, you know, then people in the, the events, especially in the wedding industry are like, Oh, okay. Like that seems to be working for you. So now maybe I'll listen to you. Um, but you've got to stay in front of that. And I didn't realize until I became a coach and a consultant and I started speaking and doing like what you're saying and like hosting these events, like it's a way, way bigger industry than almost the wedding industry. And so to really understand the niche of it and how to do ticket sales and how to get other speakers and how to share the stage with people and, you know, what's the etiquette? Like if you sell X amount of dollars, like what percentage do you give? I mean, there's just so much to know. Right. And we advise on a lot of that. Um, again, <clears throat> I'm, we're not the person's, I mean, I shouldn't say, you know, we, I recently, and I just talk, did a blog, a, a, a video about this, but I recently had a client say, oh my gosh, you're like my event therapist. Yes. But, um, but, you know, I'm not specialized in coaching them how to speak it from the stage, right? So if they're going to make their offer, but I can advise them who to go to, to get the training for that. So when I'm, when, if they're struggling in certain areas and they need help with something, I have referrals for everything and people who are really amazing who work in this industry in the coaching industry and can help them. Um, so it's not just that they're paying for the event. There's all kinds of pieces that go with it. the marketing, you know, with the um, Facebook ads and things like that. I'm not an expert in putting Facebook ads out, but I can advise on what they should be doing to get the marketing out there. So I have a team of people who will help with the marketing. So, you know, we have such a wide range of services that we offer and sometimes they want all of them. And sometimes they just want some pieces of it. And so, you know, a lot of times we, they just want us to hire, to um, find them a venue. And if they have a good sleeping room block, we will not charge the client for our services. We find the venue and we, the hotel pays us a commission on the sleeping rooms, as long as they have enough that will cover our services. And, and so, um, but most times they hire us for everything. We don't usually, you know, but it's nice to get those, those site selection and contract negotiation services. Which just to clarify with the hotel attrition and the hotel, um, commission rate and all of that, typically mm-hmm. it does not, sh- it doesn't cost the client or the guest a penny. And mm-hmm. it is like legit full-time babysitting with, at least it is for us in mainly in Nashville. I don't know how it is in New York. I did learn in New York from doing some things with you Annette, and then some other things too, like storage is a big, it's like, mm-hmm. where's our vendor room? And it's like, Oh, uh, what you under the table, <laughs> like what yeah. the storage room, it's your, your backpack. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, it doesn't work. And I'm like, where do the road cases go? And then people are like yeah. back on the truck and like, they get, they get, get creative the for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it's like, it's so different where you don't think about these things when you're doing events. And so there's so much labor and cost that comes with that, that people don't realize that we, I mean, it saves our client money. In fact, when we are getting paid from the hotel to manage the room blocks. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we will use some of the, that percentage commission, whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and put it back into labor or to the business. And mm -hmm. we're trying to make things better and easier for all of our vendors as the planner. Right. And then that's why they like working with us. Right, right. And I, you know, I'm always heartbroken when a client comes to me and says, oh, we've already, we've already um, signed the agreement for the venue. And I'm like, oh, because we, I'm such a fierce negotiator and I know so many things that can be negotiated that the client has no clue about because oh. that's not what they specialize in. And, you know, it's fine and dandy to hire someone to do logistics for you. Anybody can call up the DJ and do all that. But the, the strategy around what we do and our knowledge of these agreements with the venue, especially because that's a big piece and that's the, one of the most ex expensive pieces of it is the venue, the food and beverage, the AV, those are big pieces. And so I have a really great, I have great knowledge around that space that the client won't know because AV will charge them an arm and a leg for things that they don't need or that they don't know that they can negotiate. So I always, I, I just feel so sad when they come to me and they've already booked the venue because I could have saved them thousands and thousands of dollars on the front end, which way offsets our prices usually. I mean, by the time they, I've negotiated so many things, it's paid for our fee. So, and then some, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really important to hire a professional. Absolutely. What would you say is like the biggest thing that like aha moments for your clients where they're like, holy shit, I don't know what I would do without you. Like what are, like what's the biggest story where you're like, this could have gone really wrong if they- Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, when I first started, I was always afraid to say, no, I can't do that. Or, you know, you have to be honest. And if you don't know, you really don't want to guess because, so for example, um, I had a company, the Municipal Credit Union um, came to us and wanted us to help them with their centennial 100 year um, gala for the employees. And they were doing it at the Hilton. And of course, labor, you know, you don't know, you've got to really know how to work with the unions and the labors and oh, it's oh. really it's a lot you got it's so I know it's it's a problem but um so and New York has them everywhere but um they came to us because they were looking for someone and they had interviewed five other or four other planners before me and they only contract they had already signed the agreement with the hotel and they it was going to be a cocktail reception and then like a four-hour party and there was a major decor for this event so they only had three hours set in the setup and so I was like, guys, what? you cannot set this up. This is, this is going to take five at the minimum. If we're lucky, you need more time. So they didn't book that. And all the other planners had told them, oh, yeah, we can do it in three hours. We can do it in three. Oh, There's no God. way they would have been able to do it. In fact, we started at like 9 a.m. and we just finished at 6 when we just literally put the let the linen didn't wow. show up on time. And so you have to account for things that aren't going to happen. And so at the last second we were throwing linen on like the whole team pulled together and the linen pulled in at the last second and we're throwing linen on the, um, 
on the reception area. So luckily, the, the cocktail reception area, luckily we had doors closed for the main dinner. So they had another hour to set all those, um, you know, we had 1,400 people. So that's a lot of tables. So, yeah. um, the, so how, why I got that job and I learned a huge lesson there was because I was honest with them and said, guys, you can't set this up in three hours. Like uh-uh. there's no way. So let me look at your contract, go back and see if you can buy <laughs> some more time from the hotel. And they did. And it ended up that the event that was going to be in didn't need the space you know, it always, you can always get more time added on to your setup to save money if you can wait like just a week before when they didn't sell the space and then they let you in earlier. And that happens almost 99% of the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I ended up getting that job because I was honest and said, you're not going to be able to do this. And I helped them out and they hired us. And to this day, they rant and rave about that. And I learned, I was like, wow, you know, that was, I, 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 early on, I would have been nervous to say, you can't do that. But right. now I'm super honest. Like you, and, and that comes with knowledge of knowing the industry. Yeah. So if you're not experienced enough, and if you don't know, reach out to a colleague, reach out to Angela or me or someone yeah. that's been in the business for a long time who can help you and, and give you some advice. And you know, people write me on, on, on occasion and, and ask me for some advice on something. I'm trying to do this. What do you suggest? Or who should I go to for this? And I'm happy to do that. But you know, yeah. if it gets like, I have a, I need a venue and it's going to be for a hundred people and we have $300. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, honey, I can't help you. It's well, hard to, you know, it's, it's very difficult. And I can't, you can't just answer questions like, oh, I want to get this venue and, and how much will it cost me? There's, you have to ask all the questions. So there's a lot of things that, you know, people don't understand, but you have to teach them. You know, you yeah. just have to teach people how to work with you, which is what I, another thing I included in my video recently. Yeah. Like, what would you say, I mean, going into this for an entire decade, have the challenges changed over time as like being an an event planner and a coach and a teacher and a speaker, like from, you know, 10 years ago till today, like what are the challenges? Well, you know, it's always, you know, it's, it, it, there's always planners out there who are going to not charge what should be charged. And so that, that hurts the industry who are professionals, you know, people who come into the industry and, uh, you know, on the planner side, they come in and they're new and they just planned their, you know, sister's baby shower. So now they think they're, you know, professionals, but, and so that's tough. So they, they don't charge and and you, which is fine. No, we don't want clients that are, that are not going to value what we're worth. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then the other thing is, you know, companies, um, they want, the moon and they don't want to pay for it. And so we are spending so much time, which is difficult. I mean, you have to be really strict about it. I've through all my coaches, my coaches that have coached me, they, you know, you have to make sure that you're not over, you know, working and you're not doing, spending too many hours doing things that you shouldn't be. And are they the right client right from the beginning to really recognizing who the right clients are from the beginning is super important. And that's, you know, I learned that early on. Absolutely. Well, Annette, I want to thank you so, so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule today and share some of your experiences. Be sure to check out Annette's company, Naif Productions. That is N-A-I-F 
www.annetteproductions.com. Check out her website for more information and be sure to follow Annette on Instagram. Her handle is Annette Nafe. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you guys have a great day and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not... Sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.